0: Amen. What an awesome time. Hey, welcome everybody. Good to see you today. Awesome. What a great time. Isn't that an awesome song? He speaks a better word. You know, so many times we wear the labels on our life of our past. We wear the labels and the words on our life of the things that we're going through, the struggles. Maybe it's the pain that other people brought upon your life, the pain that you brought on your life. How many of you know we're our own worst enemy? Many times, (laughs) all the time. How about that? And, uh, Uh, even the failures of our past, you know, there's words, there's labels that come on our life and many times we wear them very unknowingly and we operate out of those labels. We operate out of those words that we maybe don't even realize that we're speaking about ourselves, that we're sort of bringing out in everything we do. And it says in the scripture that his banner over me is love. And I was talking about this in first service, but if you go to the baptism of Jesus that we see in the scriptures, here's Jesus, he's 30 years old before he's ever done uh, any ministry for God before He's ever done any Jesus-type stuff, right? Any Jesus, He's still Clark Kent. He's not Superman yet. Okay, with me? I'm not making a theological statement. That's just having fun with that. Uh, he goes down into the waters of baptism, and he comes out, and here's the dove that appears, and it's the Holy Spirit, right? And the voice of the Father speaks out, and He says, "This is my Son, whom I love, in whom I am well pleased." There's three words that are given. One of them, "This is my Son," it's the word of identity. You know, God claims you as his son or his daughter before you've done anything for him. It's not about you, it's about him claiming you, saying, I put my name on you. When you come to Christ, when you were brought into the family of God, you're adopted and now you have a name son, as a son or a daughter. Come on, you get a place at the family. I'm preaching better than you're amening today. It's okay, it's okay, it's all right. I've already done this and you guys are just new. So we'll, you're right, this is the second service. So let's try that again. Amen, that's good, yeah, okay you're like, I don't even know what the word amen means. It just means uh, it's what Christians say to like pass the time in between statements. It means so be it, right? You agree, right? And uh, God says, this is my son. He speaks that word. He says, in wh- whom I love. Do you know that God loves you? Be- before you do anything for him, he just chooses to love you. He puts his love on you. You, are, you belong to him. It's like my kids. When, when Bethany was pregnant with Evie, I remember us trying to feel at like, I don't know, 12 weeks, any kicks. You know what I mean? And and uh, you know how they always tell you babies are like the size of a kumquat or a kiwi, whatever. I don't know why. I don't even know what those how big those fruits are, so I never knew. Uh, I just knew she wasn't here yet, but we, were, we loved her. We loved her. I was heart sick with love for my daughter before I ever even met her. God feels like that about you times infinity. He loves you so much. The mathematicians are like, that's impossible. You can't time something by infinity. Get over it. God loves you so much. And he speaks that word of love and then God said over Jesus whom I'm well pleased that's the word of affirmation he speaks that over your life I'm proud of you I believe in you I'm for you I have your back I affirm you this is before Jesus did anything before he went out and did ministry and this is the word that God speaks over you so as we sing that song I just want us to know and 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 just let that soak into our spirits today because who you are is the basis of everything God can do through your life if You know, it's identity before destiny. Many times we think that when I do good things, then I get, you know, then God approves of me. Then God uh, will be for me. No, God is for you right now. Even when you've been his enemy, he loved you. Come on. All right. All right. Let's, ju- let's jump into the word today. Jump into the message. That was for free. That was an appetizer. It was just, you know, it wasn't even in the notes. Hopefully that blessed somebody. And uh, yeah, you know that somebody really cares for you and loves you when they buy appetizers at dinner. Come on. Like I remember, as kids, we go out to eat. We go to Burger King and we'd split a Whopper. Anybody? <laughs> anybody grew up like that? Yeah. My parents. I remember when I turned like 13 or 14. I was like a. I was a two-quarter Whopper man. I got a whole half of a Whopper to myself, and that was when Whoppers were a buck. My parents were like, "What do you need a whole Whopper for? What do you think we are rich? Come on." Now to get a Whopper, you do have to be rich. I think they're like eight dollars or something crazy, but. Uh, I'm like, man, my kids are spoiled. They get a whole happy meal to themselves. Like I grew up and it was like, you either get to eat or you get a toy. You pick, right? <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But, but I did. we did split Whoppers, you know? And so going out to eat, I mean, appetizer was like luxury beyond, it was like, what are we, the Prince of Persia? Like, come on, you know what I mean? You want an appetizer? That, that's just like a meal that you have to pay for before you eat, like what? You know, but so I remember we went out to eat with somebody one time and they were like, what do you want for an appetizer? And I was like, I used to come again? Excuse me? An appetizer, the food you eat before. I'm like, well, of course I know what that is. Oh, oh, pish, pish posh, I say. Oh, I'll have the, you know, I had to figure it out. So, you know, an appetizer is like pretty, pretty good. What does it have to do with the message today? Nothing, nothing. It just, if we go out to eat sometime and I actually offer to buy you an appetizer, you know that I love you, right? You know that I care. Yesterday, we took the kids out for breakfast at a restaurant. We ate in a restaurant. Let's give thanks to God for restaurants being opened. Come on. I was getting too skinny. I know you guys were seeing me like, man, he's wasting away to nothing. He needs to get himself into a restaurant and get an appetizer, you know what I mean? And also a meal, no, you weren't thinking that. But we went, we took the kids to Braille's and we got got a proper breakfast. I had hash browns, bacon, come on, it's good to be a Gentile, bacon, sourdough toast, eggs. You know, the kids got the Mickey Mouse pancake with whipped cream on it, you know, we did it up right. And uh, it was awesome. And so we were really grateful for that. It was exciting. And uh, I wanna encourage you, go and support some restaurants, uh, even if you're, you're not wanting to go sit down, at least get some food, like let's help our local businesses get through all of this. But I really appreciate our community and all of us getting through all this pandemic stuff and getting back to life and love and living our life and building the kingdom and raising kids and having a great time. Come on, are you excited about that? So. I'm excited, you know, being a a Christian, being a follower of Jesus and all the wonderful things he's given us, this beautiful planet, this beautiful world we get to live in and call home and uh, continue to make it better and more like what he intended it to be when he made it in the first place. Come on. So we've been talking for the past few weeks, We've been in a series about discipleship, going through what we call the four E's. The four E's are a framework for us understanding how to walk and live as disciples of Jesus and also how to engage as disciple makers. So we've been talking about the four E's. Very quickly, uh, the first E is this, that we are called to engage culture and community. You are, uh, you, you are in this uh, community, you are in this place, you have a family, you have friends, you have a circle around you, and God has placed you there, not just uh, to exist, but as a missionary to engage that culture and community with the love of Jesus and with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, we are all called to engage culture and community as a church, yes, but also as individual disciples out in the world. Number two, we, are, we, we establish biblical and spiritual foundations. So we get established in God's word, we get established in good truth and theology, we get established in community and the church, and then we also help others get established. We wanna have those good foundations in our life. Like Jesus said, the person who hears my words and actually does them and obeys them, hears my teachings and obeys them is like a man who builds his house on the rock. That foundation is what we're talking about. So when the storms come, not if, but when, and they, the winds blow, the house doesn't all fall down. A lot of people's lives are in, are in ruin, and it's not because they're bad or stupid or anything like that, it's because they don't have a foundation. And so part of our discipleship journey is letting God establish those foundations in our life and helping others to establish those foundations. Number three, make sure, I had to look down and make sure I was actually doing it right. I wanted to do that cool politician count three, not like this one. I have short, stubby, fat fingers, so I wanted to do it like that so it looked more cool. For the people on live stream, three. Okay. (laughs) You can tell second service, my brain stops working. It's more fun. Yeah, it's true. I think I pulled a muscle too when I did that move. (laughs) Probably should have laid off that fourth piece of bacon (laughs) yesterday. But number three is this, that we equip believers to minister. Being equipped is about having the right tool for the job. And, And we need to get equipped and we need to equip others. And then number four, we've been talking about this kind of like the never-ending sermon uh, about empowered being empowered to make disciples every disciple is called to make disciples in fact there's no such thing as a disciple of Jesus who doesn't make disciples being a disciple is three things it's following Jesus fishing for men and fellowshipping with other disciples we talked about that a few weeks back if you didn't remember that's what a disciple is but there is no category of a disciple who's just a spectator who just sits back sits back and watches somebody else do ministry watches somebody else make disciples that there's no such thing in the new testament no such thing today if you are a disciple of Jesus you are following Jesus and you have to follow him on his mission into the world okay and so there is no such thing as a disciple that does not make disciples in Matthew chapter 28 G- says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Somebody say, all. all. Therefore, or because of what I just said, this comes next. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When Jesus called his disciples at first, he said, Hey, I'm calling you to fish for men, I'm calling you to go out and connect with people. Why did he say fish for men? Because they were fishermen. If they were carpenters, he would have said, I'm calling you to build, right, foundation. He would have said it differently. He's saying in who you are, I'm gonna give you an example that you're called into this mission to reach people for the kingdom, to make disciples. So they were called right from the beginning to fish for men. And then right before he ascends to heaven, he gives this commission or this command to his disciples. He says, go because I have all authority because I'm the boss in heaven and on earth. I'm telling you to go and make disciples. This is the command For every single disciple, again, there is no such thing as a disciple who says, oh, that's not for me. Oh, Pastor Jake, that's not my ministry. Yes, it is. Newsflash, there is no such thing as a disciple who does not make disciples. And so as we talk about being empowered, the word empower means to give someone the power or the authority to do something, okay? And Jesus in this passage is empowering us. We've been talking about six ways that we're empowered to make disciples. I wrote one sermon, six ways we're empowered to make disciples, and I've been able to magically multiply it into four sermons because I talk too much. <laughs> Amen. All right. So we've gone through the first four. We talked about being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, we talked about being empowered by God to be an ambassador for Christ. You can go and visit YouTube if you want to find those, uh, those other uh, sermons. But today we're going to cover five and six, and we're going to finish off this series with a bang. And I promise we're going to finish the series today because Bethany said, we have to finish the series today. And her and I were like, yes, at some point we got to stop this series and move on to the next thing. So we're going to finish it today. Okay. Number five and number six, the fifth way that we're empowered to make disciples is we are empowered by the fivefold. Empowered by the five fold. Now, I know you might be like, the five what? The five fold. Not five-el from five-el goes west. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody watch that as a, as a kid or American tale, right? 5 right? No. This is five-fold, okay? The people in the room got it, but those online, I wanted to repeat it just in case. Five-fold. And this comes out of the scripture, And it comes out of uh, Ephesians chapter four, this term fivefold, and I'm gonna explain it right here. So let's look into the scripture, Ephesians chapter four. This is a letter written by the apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. And he was establishing a pattern for how the church would operate. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, look, this is how the church, the body of Christ is meant to operate. And he said this, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, five, five gifts, the fivefold. This is what we're talking about when we say fivefold. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Now let's do a little history lesson. So this is the way, this is the pattern that God established for the church, how it's supposed to operate. Paul is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, look church, this is how it works. God has given these five gifts, the pastors, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, And their job is to stand on stage and do all the work while everybody watches. Is that not what it says? Well, wait a second, Pastor Jake, you're standing up on stage. Yeah, but I'm not doing the work of ministry. Did you know I don't do any work of ministry as a pastor? What do you mean? Why do we pay your salary then? Well, I don't know. But anyways, (laughs) let me make this point. I don't do any work of ministry as a pastor. I do the work of ministry as a disciple. As a pastor, my job is to equip the body of Christ, the saints, the people of God to do the work. What it does not say here in the pattern is, you know what we should have is a few professionals and a bunch of amateurs who spectate, sit in the stands, watch, clap their hands and leave and then don't do anything from Sunday to Sunday. You see, when you went back to the New Test, if you go back to the New Testament, what you would see is a living and a vibrant dynamic community of people all activated doing the work of the ministry with this fivefold as a support system to equip, which means again, to hand the right tool, to empower, to send, to release, to activate and unlock the God-given potential and calling of every disciple to make disciples and to say, hey, come on, get out off, the, off your butt, out of the stands, into the game. There is no such thing as a disciple who doesn't make disciples. And so the fivefold is is the, the leadership gifts that were put into the church. And when I'm operating in a five-fold, let's say, gift as a pastor or in this capacity right now as a teacher, my job is to, is to hand you tools and say, hey get out into the game. So when I said I don't do any ministry as a as a pastor, I mean that 100% honestly. I don't go out into the community and say, "Let me share my faith in Christ with you because I'm Pastor Jake from Joy Church." In fact, it's the opposite. I try to conceal, without lying, that I'm a pastor. Because the fastest way to shut down any evangelistic conversation is for someone to know I'm a pastor. The minute I tell people I'm a pastor, they're like, "Oh yeah, totally. Holy is the Lord God Almighty." You realize that was weird, right? (laughs) Literally, every time. So I tell people, oh, you know, what do you do for a living? Well, I mean, like, I'm a manager of a nonprofit organization. (laughs) Oh, really? I saw you on TV. You're Jake from Joy Church. Dang it. (laughs) The other pet peeve I have is that people always do the Jake from State Farm joke. I I have heard it before in case anyone... uh, any other Jake's in here that are sick of that? Let's just stand up for ourselves. Not one. <laughs> A2 Brute? Okay, so uh, people, <laughs> oh, you're Jake from Joy Church. Yeah, okay, fine. I confess I am a pastor, yes, but don't treat me weirdly right now, okay? I don't do ministry as a pastor. I, as a disciple of Jesus, when I'm out in the world, when I'm in community, I'm just doing ministry as a disciple of Jesus, making disciples as a disciple, but as a fivefold. The job is to equip. So let's go back into history. So, what we had was this pure, beautiful stream, this teaching. This is how the church is to work. You have the fivefold, they're equipping, and then the body of Christ is mobilized, activated, making disciples, the the people of God, doing the work of the ministry. But over time, have you noticed that when, when human beings get involved in institutions, it tends to get more corrupt? Not in politics, when people go into politics, they just stay pure, they keep it level. It's always exactly what, right? I mean, we know that, but but in other institutions around the world, when people get involved, it tends to get corrupt over time. And in the church, throughout the thousands of years since this was written, what we have observed is that oftentimes we get this spectator, professional, amateur professional relationship, a bunch of people watch one person do something and sit and don't do anything. That's not the pattern that that the scripture is indicating. And so we have to look at this and go, hold on a second, how does this apply to me? Well, I want you to raise your hand if you're a disciple, raise your hand if you're part of God's people, raise your hand if you're part of the family of God. What that means is that you need to get equipped, empowered, and you need to do the work of the ministry. That is the biblical pattern. There is no such thing as a disciple that doesn't make disciples. And so God has given these gifts. I want you to remember this, this exact verse the next time Pastor Bethany or I'd really tick you off. We are God's gift to you. The leaders, when, when, when you get asked to serve in nursery, what a gift. When you get asked to give to the next phase of the building project, what a gift, right? Now I'm joking about that, but actually it's true. God has placed ministry giftings within the body to help unlock and activate your potential as a disciple so that you can do everything God's called you to do and be everything God has called you to be. Now, it's interesting because in our culture, we've really, we we really have taken on, uh, a lot of people have embraced this sort of hostility to the, the, the institution of the church. How many of you are familiar with this? And you'll hear all kinds of things like, well, you know, I really love God, but church is a, not for me. I mean, you know, the church is this and church is that. I've been heard in church. And these are all true. In fact, I could actually tell you worse stories about church than you know. Because I've been behind the curtain. I know, you know, I've seen where the sausage is made. I grew up in church. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a pastor. You think that you're offended by what happens in church? Oh, boy. Bethany and I could sit you down and talk for days about all the bad, raunchy things that go on and uh, people's meanness and hypocrisy and all that kind of stuff. Do you know why? Because church is made up of real people who are growing and then getting, you know, letting the grace of God transform them. But, it, but even though the church is, doesn't live up to uh, the institution of the church, can have brokenness and all this kind of stuff, it's still the plan of God to bring restoration and hope and life into a broken world. If you're looking for a perfect church, I can tell you right now, you have not found it. All you found is another local community of believers who are clinging to the cross of Christ, believing for grace and him to work through us and even in our brokenness, letting God transform us and heal us and use us to reach the community. But if you think you found a perfect church, you didn't. If you think you found perfect pastors, you absolutely didn't, just ask our children. They'll happily share our faults. Every time we have somebody over for dinner, they're like, hey, one time my dad kicked this kitchen across the room. Because one time I got mad and I was like, ah, and I kicked this little plastic kitchen and they were like shocked. And now they tell everyone my my sins. And I'm like, I think they saw that on TV. That wasn't me. I didn't do that. I'm a pastor. So what am I talking about here? Saying that people have rejected the plan of God for them to get positioned into a place under authority and in the flow of, of an actual hierarchy of leaders speaking into their life so that they can be activated to be who God's called them to be. And yet we see a lot of independence and unchurched people and self-directed spirituality, kind of like do-it-yourself Christianity, except for it's unbiblical. You see, we don't go to church and plug ourselves in and get planted because the church is perfect and we're never gonna get offended. We do it because it's in the scripture and it's truth and it's the right thing to do. It's not about finding the perfect church, it's about finding the place God has planted you and saying, I'm gonna get planted and I am gonna get offended, but I'm gonna use those offenses to grow closer to Jesus and get, get, free, you know, get, get uh, more maturity working in my life. Come on. Yeah. And so a lot of people are throwing this off though And what they're getting out of is they're getting out of this pipeline that God has established of the fivefold being able to speak in and equip and empower and release them to do what God's called them to do. And so let me just encourage you that you need to receive the gift that Jesus gave you, the ministry of the fivefold. Uh, are you being taught by a fivefold biblical teacher? Are you receiving the prophetic encouragement and prophetic release of destiny as fivefold prophets operate? Now, you might, I was talking to a gentleman after first service and he was saying, Well, where does that happen in our church? Well, we don't always have every fivefold ministry gift happening at every service at every moment, but within the scope of what we do as a church, we, we have the fivefold. Uh, and even sometimes we bring in somebody who is like an evangelist to kickstart that kind of a thing. If you remember over the past couple of years, and we're going to do the same thing this year, before Easter, we like to teach about evangelism and activate that in our, in our hearts and who we are as a church. And so we've brought in uh, people that we consider or believe have this calling in this office of an evangelist. We brought in Pastor Randy Godot, who's one of the most evangelistic people that can stir evangelism. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have Pastor Natalie, uh, my sister, who is a five-fold evangelist, and she's going to be here to kick our boutés and help us get out and win people to Jesus. How's that sound? Okay. Yes, I said bouté. All right. It's French. Yes, thank you. It's very cultured. But we, we need to receive that gift that Jesus has for us, get under that authority get taught by teachers who shape or help us shape doctrine and theology get under that ministry of the apostle get sent are you being pastored by a pastor see this is the thing are you doing do it yourself mr potato head christianity or are you doing it the way god intends which is to get plugged in get planted and come come into that model that he's built i've noticed that things work better when you do them according to the manual right and so when it comes to church here's the action step about getting released by the fivefold. Whenever the doors are open in church, whenever there's an opportunity to receive and get, and get equipped, be there. Be plugged in. I remember growing up, my, my parents are, are pastors and we grew up in church, but you know, God doesn't have any grandkids. Did you know that? He only has children. So just because I grew up in church and just because I was a pastor's kid didn't mean that it was an automatic, oh, you're going to be a Christian, you're going, to, you're going to do that. But what my parents did is they said, look, we're going to put our value in our heart by our kids being able to observe what we do with our actual time and resources. And we're going to be in the house of God when the doors are open. So even though, yes, they were pastors, even on vacation, we were going to church, not just because we're so religious or that my parents necessarily wanted to go you know, check out what the church in the other city was doing. It wasn't that, it was they wanted to establish this value. We understand the flow of what God is doing is through the church and that's where our treasure and our value in our heart is. And what that stirred in myself and my siblings is a deep desire. We were in the atmosphere, so we caught it. Come on, we caught something and it stirred something in us. So we said, you know what? I vote for him too. I, I, I vote for Jesus. I wanna give my life to Christ. I wanna be a, a, a disciple. God God doesn't have grandkids, he just has kids. And yet sometimes we think that somehow our children are going to somehow just get it because you sometimes express a very lukewarm desire for the house of God and the things of God. Come on, I'm speaking good right now. No, you got to be plugged in into the house when things are going on. Who are the prophets and the pastors and the teachers and the evangelists that are speaking into your life, into your family's life, into your kids? So this value of being there when the doors are open, Not going, what's the bare minimum I can do to to, to, what's the bare minimum I can be at church? What's the bare minimum I can be with the people of God? What's the bare minimum that I can do and be okay with God so He doesn't smite me? Totally missing the entire point of this. There's no guilt trip. Whether you're here or not, I'm still gonna love Jesus with a deep passion and desire and worship him and let him work in my life and listen to that better word that he's speaking over my life. It doesn't bless me to have you here. It does bless me because I love you. But listen, it blesses you. For all of us as the body of Christ, we can get into the flow of what God's doing. Okay, I know I got to move forward. We're running out of time and the restaurants are open, so we got to move it. Now it's not like, it's just like, this is open season, right? There's limited seats and we got to just get out there. You're laughing because you know it's true. Ephesians 4 verse 13 He goes on he says this will continue this model this pattern will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of god's son that we will be mature in the lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of christ when do you need to pull yourself out of church when you are measured up to the full and complete standard of christ so when you can say with honesty i qualify for this until then all of us need a pastor all of us need apostles all of us need the fivefold speaking into our life. All of us need authority that we come under and allow to speak into us and develop us and teach us, including pastors and teachers and apostles and evangelists in the church. That makes sense? I have pastors in my life. I have prophets that speak into my life. This isn't, hey, I, you do this and I don't do this. No, no, no. We all need this coming into alignment. We've got more to say about this, but we're out of time, so we're gonna leave that, but we need to be empowered. We are empowered by the fivefold. God gave those gifts to you, to me, to equip us and empower us to be who he's called us to be, do what he's called us to do, to go and make disciples. So that action step, be in church when the doors are open, every opportunity to be a part of what God is doing in his church in the body, uh, which includes Sunday mornings. It includes things like what we're gonna do tonight, upper room, our prayer and worship night, and Holy Spirit time. It includes uh, special services. It includes getting into our Joy Church app and receiving teaching and theology and doctrine and not being a Mr. Potato Head Christian and invent your own philosophy and religion. You know, most people that uh, post on Facebook and say, oh, you know, uh, their theology is a mess. It's a mess. And if they would simply get under a teacher that could help them rightly divide the word of truth, God would just help them so much in their life. But it requires humility. Get into the app, right? Get into next track. We have so many areas that we can say, I can lean in and grow. God wants to empower me, not so I'm just okay with him and he won't smite me. No, so he can empower me and release me, okay? All right, we're going to finish up with this one. The sixth and final way that at least I know, because I didn't give you an exhaustive list even in four weeks, the sixth way that we're empowered to make disciples is this. We're empowered by Christ to minister, empowered by Christ to minister. In John chapter 20, after Jesus rose from the dead, it says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish, Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, which would probably be scary. It's like if you have small children, they do this. My kids think it's funny right now to sneak into the bathroom when I'm in the shower and then yell. Laughter <And> <laughs> I think the other day Jack did it and he didn't realize when I get scared, I immediately, I'm not a flight person. I'm a fight person. So if you scare me, I'm not, if you know flight or fight, fight or flight, I'm fight. And so he goes, ah, and I went, ah. And he was, ah, he ran out of the bathroom. He had tears in his eyes because he probably thought dad was going to attack him, but I had to get him afterwards and be like, Buddy. You scared me. You won. You, you were successful in whatever mission you were trying to accomplish. So here's Jesus. He appears, right, post-resurrection. And so he tells his disciples, peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. Listen to these words. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. This is a powerful thing that Jesus is saying here. He's saying this, this pipeline, this, this pipeline of empowerment, the father, he sent me. Jesus was sent to this planet to live a perfect and sinless life, to be tempted and tried in all points yet without sin, to give his life as a ransom for many, to seek and save the lost. He did a good job, didn't he? He accomplished his mission. He was sent, he was commissioned, he was sent by the father and he said to his disciples, As the the Father, in the same way he sent me, now I'm connecting to you and I'm sending you. It's a powerful statement of empowerment. Jesus was sent by the Father and he sent his disciples, which is us, out into the world to make disciples. There's something powerful about being sent. If you want your kids to do something for you, turn it into a mission, right? I need you to go to get the mail. I don't really want to. I'm going to time you. And it's a mission. It's a secret mission. There are secret documents you need to retrieve. Oh, okay. Why does that work? Because we're wired for purpose. We know deep down that we were created on purpose and for a purpose. That we aren't just slime plus time plus chance. You're not somebody's accident. You have. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. God fearfully and wonderfully made you. Even before your parents ever, ever had a, a thought about you, God was already in love with you, already cared about you, had already written your destiny. It's so amazing to think about. And so we, we resonate as human beings with this idea of purpose and being sent and this mission. And we, we know that it's sort of there. We try to find it in a lot of different things, sinful uh, pursuits and different things. We try to connect with purpose, try to connect with meaning, but really we find our meaning and we find our being in God and in connecting with our God-given purpose and our God-given mission. There's something deep in who we are as people. And Jesus is is talking about this. And he's saying, look, I was sent and I'm sending you. But in this whole thing of purpose and meaning, even as we pursue it, there's a really big difference between being sent and sending yourself. You see the person who goes, you know what? I have purpose, yep, but I'm gonna send myself. Not the same thing as being sent and being in authority, under authority, and being that person who is in alignment with God, with his will, with his kingdom purpose, and actually being sent as an ambassador, being sent as an emissary of the kingdom. There's a, te- a story in the Old Testament, I love this story because it's just so, so great. Uh, David had a son named Absalom, he was in rebellion. And there was conflict, and David was in this uh, city, kind of in exile, and his army was fighting the armies of Absalom, and David's armies ended up being victorious. Absalom actually was killed in this conflict, and so Joab, David's general, is there, and he says, "We need to send a message to the king to let him know what happened." And so there's two messengers there: an unnamed man, uh, unnamed Ethiopian man, and then a man named Ahimaaz. And Ahimaahimaaz or Ahimaaz—I don't know how to say it—but you can just make it up, we guess it how you want to say it. Ahimehaz was all excited and he goes, let me run. I want, to tell, I want to go to the king. Let me run. Let me run. And Joab's like, well, you didn't see what happened. And he's like, okay. And he's kind of like sitting there, you know, excited and wants to go. So Joab says to the Ethiopian, no, you go. You saw what happened. You go tell the king what happened. So the Ethiopian guy runs off. Boom. He goes to, to go run and tell the king. But here's Ahimehaz and he's got happy feet, right? He can't control himself, right? He's like, whatever. He's just too excited. And he says, I, but I want to run, I want to run. And so finally Joab is like, fine, right, go. And I, that's such a, parent, a parental moment, isn't it? Kids will like, they'll hold you hostage in moments. Like every time we're on the phone or on a Zoom call, the kids will come and they'll hold up signs to us, like legit, like kidnappers. They have like, you know, look they have like tape notes from newspapers together and they're like, can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? Dad, 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 can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? Dad. And I'm like, that's okay. I'm going to be right back with you. You're dead. You know what I mean? And finally, they break us down and we're like, fine, go. You know what I mean? Fine. Yes. Yes. You can go jump on the roof. Go for it. Go for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? They're like, dad, can we, can we walk across town and go to, a, like, you're like, no, you're nine years old. You can't do that. But I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a moment right here. And we all get this with Zoom right now, huh? You're like working. It's like the meeting of your life. You need to be focused. And your child is over here be, with like their pants down with toilet paper. They're like, And you're like, (laughs) so if you have that mental image embedded in your mind now, that's Ahimahaz And he's like, I want to run. I want to run. I want to go. I want to go. And so finally, Job's like, fine, go. So Ahimahaz, he runs. Now, he happens to be a good runner. And he actually beats the other guy to David. And so they see a Has coming and they're like, oh, that's a the son of whatever has his And he's a good guy, so he has good news. And so they're like, sweet, they're all excited, because here comes a running, and a runs up. <laughs> they're like, what happened? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, okay, well, you go stand over here. And now the Ethiopian guy comes running up. And he actually has the message. And they say, What happened? And he goes, You're victorious, King, you know, and your Absalom was killed, and he gives the message. This is the difference between sending yourself and being sent. When you are sent, when you're in alignment with God, and in alignment with his purpose, in alignment with his kingdom, in alignment with his church, when you are sent and you're empowered, you have the real message and you have the right mandate. When you send yourself, you don't know what you're going to say. You don't have anything to say. Your words carry no authority because you don't know what's going on. You sent yourself and you go, what does that mean to send yourself? Well, you can apply it in a bunch of different ways. Many people right now are just sending themselves to be, to pursue their own happiness or destiny or fulfillment or whatever, and they're out of alignment with God. So they're not actually tapped into the will of God for their life, they're living out of submission and out of alignment with God and his kingdom. And so they're seeking first, not the things of God, seeking first, not the kingdom of God, but they're seeking all the other things, hoping that God will bless it. And God does not bless what he does not birth. Just like with Abraham, if you go back into the Old Testament, Abraham had been told by God, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to to give you uh, uh, multitudes of of descendants. And so Abraham and his wife Sarah, they went around God's plan and they ended up having Ishmael. Abraham had Ishmael with Hagar. and, And Abraham's like, oh God, that you would be with Ishmael. And God's like, no. I'm going to bless Ishmael, but not because of this. You went around my plan. I didn't birth that. I don't bless it. And so many times we send ourselves. We're like, well, I'm going to do this. or I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to such and such a place. And I'm going to get this job. I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to swipe this way or this way. And I'm going to send myself in so many areas of life. And you show up and you're like, what's the message? I don't got anything. I don't, I don't got it. Yeah, because you sent yourself. But all of a sudden when you are walking in alignment with God and he sends you to that relationship, he sends you to that career, he sends you to that school, he sends you to that place, you show up and you actually have the right message, the real one, and the right mandate. A mandate simply means this, a commission of authority. A mandate means you have the support to actually get the job done. So here's the guy that was actually sent, he shows up, he has the right message, the real message, he has the right mandate and the message is delivered and there's something that connects. There's a big difference between being sent and sending yourself. And so we talk about being empowered to make disciples. What's awesome is that when you are a part of this pipeline of what God's doing, he can send you and he can use you to do things you can't even imagine because you are in alignment with what he's doing. Empowerment flows from God to Christ, to the Holy Spirit, to us and through us to others. Last week we talked about Paul speaking to Timothy. He said, Timothy, I've taught you these truths confirmed by many reliable witnesses. I want you to teach others who are trustworthy also, who themselves will teach others. Four generations, pipeline, passing it on, empowerment, sent with a message, with a mandate, and the message connects and there's a flow. This is how the church grows. God the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us, sends us, right? We're in this flow and we send others. This is how the kingdom goes viral. This is how the kingdom advances. This is how disciples are made. It's about getting in this flow. I was sent by Jesus to be a minister of the gospel. I was sent to make disciples. Very quickly, I wanna give you some action steps with this so you can put it into play. If you're sent, if it's true, and I believe it is, Jesus himself said it, that I'm, I was sent and I'm sending you. If you're sent, that means you have to go. Do you know that when I send my children to clean their rooms and they don't get off the couch and they continue to watch Netflix, that, does not make, that doesn't bless my spirit. <laughs> We're like, guys, turn off the screens. You are sent, that means you need to go. So if you are sent... Here's the question to ask as a disciple. How am I going? Where am I going? If I was sent, where was I sent to? Tune into the voice of the Holy Spirit and say, God, would you show me? Would you help me to discover the calling and the direction? What do you want me to do? You did send me into the world. I am called to make disciples. That's going to be expressed in different ways through every person and their particular giftings and callings and their positioning and all of that but how am i going where was i sent to if you right now are like i don't know where to go i don't know where to be sent then pursue it ask some questions pray ask god talk to leaders at the church go to joy group and find out What are some things that God could potentially be calling you to do? What are next steps? It could be as simple as go to Next Track. It might be go to group. It might be to start reading your Bible on a daily basis and and just encountering God through his word every day. Everybody has a next step, whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years or somewhere in between. If I was sent, where was I sent to? And then ask yourself this, am I sending myself in any area? Where am I living a self-directed, out of alignment, out of Community out of fellowship, out of the the covering of the five the fivefold and what God has established in His church. Where am I sending myself? And God's not blessing it. And I realize, man, this is me pursuing something that God's not really in. Again, there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's no shame. We all get out of alignment. We all get sending ourselves in certain directions. But until you, with intentionality, go, wait a second, I wasn't sent here. I sent myself. <laughs> I sent myself to this relationship, I sent myself to this job, I sent myself to this school, I sent myself somewhere or another. You might have even sent yourself to this church and God's calling you to go somewhere else. Did you know that I, and we're not interested in just building a big church, we want to build, we want to have a church of people that are actually planted and called and placed and in the family. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well Pastor Jake wants me to leave. No I don't. I want you to stay if this is where God has you, if this is your family. If it's not and he didn't send you here, then you need to find that out. Come on. Yes. Do you know God is not intimidated by honest doubts and questions and pursuing him and asking God, I wanna find you in this, this, this moment. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna break him. You're not gonna break the, your faith, your spirituality by, by saying, God, send me where, where I'm supposed to go, where, where I need to be. So how am I going? If I was sent, where was I sent to? And am I sending myself in any area? As we get ready to close, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, right now we respond to your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to us through this truth. And God, I pray that we would be under alignment, Lord. We'd be in alignment. That Lord, we'd receive the gift of the fivefold that's ministering into us and equipping us so we can go and do what you've called us to do. Lord, help us to respond to this truth today in faith and obedience. There is no such thing as a disciple who doesn't make disciples. Lord, I might not know what to do, but I do need to respond to the truth that I have a calling. I have a mission. I'm part of the body of Christ, and I'm part of the people of God that are equipped to do the work of the ministry that I'm not a spectator I'm a participant I'm not in the stands I'm on the field Lord open my eyes open my heart up to to hear uh, and see what you want to do in my life Lord and Lord send me I will go Lord I will respond in faith in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord keep your head bowed and your eyes closed this morning there are people every week that come to church maybe watching online maybe even watching on a replay that right now, you know, you don't have a a faith in Christ. You have not surrendered your life to Jesus. And you know what? This is a perfect time to receive his grace, to receive his mercy and respond to him and receive him as your Lord and savior. Those aren't just religious words. Lord means boss, means master. Will you receive Jesus to be the, the director, the leader of your life? We receive him as your savior. What does that mean? It means that all of us are sinners. We've all fallen short of God's plan for us, God's glory. We've hurt others, we've hurt ourselves, we've hurt God. And somebody has to pay that bill. In God's grace, he sent his son Jesus to live a sinless life, give his life on the cross and pay that bill for us. And we can receive that payment in faith, receive his grace. And so if that's you today and you're like, Pastor Jake, I wanna make that commitment. I wanna follow Jesus. I want to give him my life. Would you just raise your hand so I can see? Just raise your hand so I can see. And if you're online, you can make this decision today. Pastor Jake, I I know that I need forgiveness. I know that I need to put my faith in Christ. I need to stop directing my own life. Anybody else? Awesome. And if you're online, you can make this decision with us today. Let's all pray this prayer. If you raise your hand, if you're making this commitment today, pray these words with me and we're going to give you some next steps. Dear Jesus, I confess my sin. I know that I've not lived up to your standard. But I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be right with you. I give you my life and I receive you as my Lord and Savior, in Jesus' name, amen.